Hey there, and welcome to Needed Conversations. This week's episode is going to be very special because we have good friends of ours, pastors Chris and Nita Daigle, that we're going to be interviewing. They've been married 29 years, and we're going to talk about how to navigate marriage and your calling. It's going to be an interesting conversation. You want to stay tuned. As always, make sure you follow us on social media at More Most Forever and get all your marriage resources at moremostforever.com. Also, you're going to be hearing about our upcoming marriage event, so make sure your ears are peeled for that. And a very special opportunity if you listen all the way to the end of this episode. Um, If there's someone out there who's been thinking about coming to the marriage ministry, but um, you have some hesitations financially or whatever uh, is blocking you from coming, uh, wait and listen on through to the end of this episode. And uh, there will be an opportunity for you to participate as well. So let's jump right into the conversation. Hello, everybody watching everywhere. Facebook, YouTube, on our website, forevermoregetaway.com. I want to welcome you to um, Needed Conversations Live. We normally pre-record our podcast, but here recently we've had the privilege to be able to interview some amazing couples and gain some wisdom from their experience in marriage and ministry or business. We've had some amazing conversations, and tonight is no different. It's going to be a phenomenal conversation with some uh, amazing friends of ours, and we're going to be introducing them in just a second. But as you'll notice, Victoria is not sitting here next to me as of yet. You know, we're doing the parents' duties. She's tucking the kids into bed, finishing that up. We just came from a walk with our family. It's a beautiful night, so we got caught up a little bit. So, uh, But she's going to be joining me in just a second. But before we jump fully into this conversation and Victoria comes, I want to take the opportunity to remind you that we are getting ready to have the most amazing marriage event. It's called the Forevermore Marriage Getaway, and it's going to be happening in Greenville, South Carolina. You wouldn't know this, but right in our backyard, there is a little boutique hotel. It's only 73 rooms, but it feels like that you have been transported into some little country in Europe, and it's a beautiful property on 150 acres And that is exactly where we're hosting the Forevermore Getaway. Look who decided to join us. This is my lovely right here. Parent life here. You're going to have to squeeze in, honey. We're doing a a, a vertical setup. So I hope you like, in just a second, it's going to get better because you'll see more of us. But I'm telling them about the Forevermore Getaway. Um, It's happening September 1st and 2nd. So it is Labor Day weekend. You're not going to want to miss it. And here's what's happening. Friday night, we're doing a fantastic service. We are doing um, worship and prophetic ministry and teaching. And then this property has uh, sliding glass doors that open up from the ballroom out onto a terrace overlooking several ponds and then a big courtyard area. That Friday night, we're going to do a reception afterwards with a huge charcuterie board set up with coffee and tea, and it's going to be very romantic and, and wonderful. And then Saturday, that morning, especially if you're staying on site, there's going to be breakfast. It's going to be amazing. And then we're going to have workshops all day starting at 10 a.m. We're going to have Q&As. We're bringing in a wealth advisor um, we're also having chiropractors come in to give you some adjustments. It's going to be really nice. And there's about 60 couples that are registered right now, and there are more registering every single day. So there is a little bit of space left. We have room for 100 couples. Not all of them can stay on site. But if you want to attend this marriage event, it's not too late. Go right now to forevermoregetaway.com and register. Any, any words before we bring on our wonderful guests? No, I'm excited about our interview today because these guests are actually going to be leading worship, and they were really instrumental in um, our life as well as we became first-time parents. They were so gra- gracious to take us under their wing when they 
started a church. So I'm excited to um, catch up with them a little bit. Yeah, they have decades in ministry and they have decades in marriage experience tonight. And so we are going to combine those two topics um, because there are a lot of people who are coming in to our events that are pastors or influencers or ministry leaders. And we have become a safe haven for those who are in ministry. And so if you're out there watching and you're in ministry and you're looking for a safe place to come and be refreshed and refueled and and healed even, we want you to come because uh, Forevermore Getaway is a safe place for you all. Um, And this couple tonight, Pastor Chris and Nita Dager, are going to give you this wisdom. Pastor Chris and Nita Daigle, Daigle. let's welcome them in. Hello, hello, hello. 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 It's been a minute. It has Um, been. We're so grateful that you guys were able to jump on with us tonight. Um, And we're even more grateful over the fact that you guys are going to be with us in a couple of weeks. We are very excited about that. Yes, and uh, you're going to be leading worship. Let me tell you guys, the most pure anointing that you can find anywhere is upon this couple. Not only can they sing and play and do all the stuff, but they're pastors, preachers. So they are coming with a a triple threat. They're coming and they're going to be leading worship and we're going to be pulling on them with a Q&A panel and learning more about uh, marriage from their perspective of 30 years. How long have you been married? 29. 29. Next year is going to be 30. Next year. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah. That's you. exciting. So we're excited to have you at the Forevermore Getaway. But just a little bit of history. Uh, when Victoria and I first got married, about two years or so afterwards, um, we took a full-time ministry position in Georgia. And we looked all over the South Atlanta area, and we did not find home until we stepped into, at the time it was called Prevailing yes. Purpose, Yes. but now it's New Covenant. New Covenant. And the sound that we felt, the anointing, and how Pastor Chris and Nita embraced us as another couple in ministry, they were lifesavers. And like Victoria said, we had our first baby And eventually, after a few years, we moved back to South Carolina, but we have stayed connected ever since. They are a part of our history, and they are a part of our destiny. But I want to jump into the conversation, because I know that one of the heaviest loads that you can take on as a married couple is being married and also pastoring. Mm -hmm. Give us a little backstory of, you know, how you got together and uh, did you know immediately that you both were going to be in ministry? And if so, what has your ministry journey been throughout the course of your marriage? Oh, of course. I went to, to um, bridal college, <laughs> Bible college, I mean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was looking for a wife, uh, you know. To, really? Yes, I was. <laughs> but no, uh, we, we met in college. And we knew uh, both of us, you know, had the call of God on our life. And, you know, we went to a ministry Bible college. So many times when you're going to a ministry Bible college, you are looking for someone because you know the call of God is on your life and you're going to be doing ministry. And so it's, it's uh, there's that commonality there. And so, yes, when we, when we met each other, um, when we were dating and engaged all of those all of that was a part of our conversation um and then especially when we got married uh, we knew that the call of god was what we were going to do for the rest of our lives and and ministry but we also knew that ministry can be very difficult and very challenging on a marriage um Mm. so you have to you have to work at it even extra hard uh marriage is is hard enough without you know just just without the ministry uh, you have to work on a marriage for it to work but in the ministry i think there are some some things that you have to really be intentional about um to, to make sure that your marriage stays strong in the midst of of ministry and it's it's not just when the ministry is bad it's even when ministry is good that's that's true yeah yeah so um over the, over the course of 29 years of marriage, 
and you've been in, in ministry, I assume, for a large portion of that. Multiple states, mm-hmm. um, pastored several congregations, and now you're you're really rooted there with New Covenant. Um, what are some of the challenging moments that you've had in ministry, and how did you deal with it in your marriage? So when I I think it's it it, it evolved for us. We went through different seasons of it. Uh, I think when we were younger. Uh, or, uh, younger in our marriage, we didn't have kids. So there was a different dynamic um, at the beginning. And the load of ministry that we had at the beginning was not in, at a senior level. It was it was more mm. of a supportive role. Um, right. So that was good because we were at the beginning stages of our marriage. Uh, then the dynamic changed a lot when we had our kids. Um, and so even though uh, Nita was a part of the ministry, her main role in ministry was uh, just leading worship, just being that that atmosphere setter, uh, atmosphere setter, being the point person uh, on the worship team, leading you know our church in in an atmosphere of worship. Uh, all the other ministry de- uh, duties, I was carrying that burden, and. For a lot of years, I probably kind of protected her and looking back, probably protected her too much sometimes. I uh, mm. didn't involve her enough. Uh, and But that we started seeing that as the kids got older. Uh, so that was, I'm, I remember that challenging season when that kind of, we started seeing that. Um, of course, I was, I was younger also in the ministry. Um, when you're young, you're ambitious. And I did earlier on, I didn't have that good balance of family and, and ministry. I, and the earlier years I was trying to build that church and build it as yeah. big as it could. She was taking care of the kids. So it did create over, over some years, we started seeing that gap that at first you don't see it at first, you know, but after a while you start seeing, seeing that gap. Um, so then after that transition, we can back and we can talk some more about that. But then the most recent season of ministry is when the kids, you know, left the house. We were empty nesters. Then um, she became very involved in, in ministry. So this season, I mean, like we we don't have no breaks from each other because, I mean, we're, we're married and we do ministry together. So everything we do uh, and she's... Hot, she's just as involved in the aspect of ministry as I am, has her own roles. Some of it, you know, uh, crosses over. But uh, so that's that that was a whole new season for us. We had to learn how to adjust to all of that. So uh, that's that's interesting yeah. because there's a lot of pastors that I know who listen to us mm-hmm. who are in your exact same position that you were a, a, a 10 years or so, yeah. which was. She was primarily probably raising the kids. You were spearheading the ministry. Mm -hmm. She was obviously doing worship and and contributing for sure. But would you find yourself carrying the burden home and and bring an attitude at home? And if not, how did you prevent yourself from doing that? I'd say yes. yes. There were times he would bring an attitude. <laughs> Check with me. He yeah. wasn't going to be honest. Yeah, no, 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 no. I, yeah. Oh. I did. I did. I, it was, it the was, weight of everything. It, it, yeah. the, when, when the weight got very heavy, um, I couldn't hide it. I did, but I did protect her a lot. Uh, I did shelter her from uh, a lot of the ugly side of ministry. So mm-hmm. she, so I did my best. And I don't, again, I don't know if that was good or bad. Um, because when she got fully invested in the ministry, she saw things and I was like, oh, my Lord. Now, I remember our first counsel, uh, uh, counseling session that was like, it was a doozer, like a three-hour. And it was just like, I mean, it was one of those crazy intense ones. And she she came home after. She says, now I know why you were always so exhausted after counseling. Yeah. Said, because, yes, you know. But I tried to protect her from those kinds of things because I didn't want to weigh her down with that. But I wish I would have... But what happened in that, there were parts, that's part of the intimacy. And so there were conversations that 
that I needed to have with her that I didn't have because I thought I was protecting her from a thing, but it did mm. after a while create a gap okay. because she felt mm -hmm. like I was, you know, just, I was in my own world and I was never inviting her into my world. And I didn't know how to do that properly when I was younger. I, I, I looking back, I, I think that, you, and I felt this as well, that you feel like you're doing a valiant thing yeah, yeah. by, by withholding from your spouse yeah. because they're holding it down at home and you don't want that to bleed over. Speak to me and speak to the other young guys who are doing the same thing. And yet our, our wives can get frustrated and say, there's something going on with him, but he won't talk or he won't yeah. open up. What would you say to those, those young pastors? Well, I, I, I think looking back, I mean, I wrote a few things down. Um, I, I think it's boundaries. I didn't understand the power of proper boundaries, um, you know, or in my younger years. With, with the congregation. With, with the congregation. Yeah. Um, you know. People who had access to you. People who had access to me. Um, I, I wish that, I wish I would have leaned on her more because I didn't, I felt like that I, if I burdened her, it would, it would crush her. The weight of it would crush her. And she had her responsibilities with kids. But on this side of the fence, uh, when I started listening to my wife, the wisdom that she had, the discernment, the times when she did was aware of certain things and she would say, um, I sense something. Oh, no, no, you don't know. You don't, you don't, you're not seeing the whole picture. Mm. But now when Nita says, I sense something, it's like, okay, what you said, tell me, you know, because I, I lean because uh, there were many times, well, a lot of times she was right in her sensing. She was right. And I wish I would have tapped into that in my earlier years and invited her into those moments um, like we do now in this season of our life. Yeah. Cause your wife can be your rear guard. Yes. I know for me, I will go into a room and I'll be so high mm -hmm. in, in, in that assignment and so focused that I will miss a ton. Yeah. Um, and it's not that I don't have discernment myself, but my assignment in that moment is different, but then we'll come home or we'll be driving in the car. Did you notice this, this, and this? And I'll say, Kind of, but now that you say it, mm -hmm. um, or you know, make sure you watch out for this person, they're hurting, or watch out for that person, they have an agenda, yeah. yeah. And I just want to get everybody saved, yeah. And, and not everybody that comes through the doors of your church are going to stay, number one, and you're going to have to grieve the loss of a lot of people, mm -hmm. and number two, not everybody that comes through are going to be completely healed yeah. by the time they walk out. We hope that they are. Mm -hmm. But you got to, I think Bishop T.D. Jake said this one time, you got to save those who will be saved, heal those who yeah. will be healed and and let the, the rest go. Yeah. Because we, we aren't control in control of the harvest. We're only in control of the seed. Yeah. Now, Pastor Nita, what were you feeling during that season of your life with kids and ministry? And what was the dynamics of your marriage like? I kind of felt like I was isolated a little bit because I'd be home all day with the kids and they were young. Mm -hmm. um, he'd be at the office or I would bring all of us to the office, but I just wanted to have a conversation and he was too tired to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. I had child conversation all day. So I felt very lonely, mm -hmm. kind of isolated, yeah. but, and I had friends, but it wasn't the same. I wanted him to like, want to know what the kids did during the day or just let's have adult conversation because I'm tired of talking to kids, you know, but um, <laughs> just let me go sit by myself or something, you know, and just have a. And I'm trying to build a church to provide for her. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> just let you just, yeah. so it's, that, did, whole, it's that, that whole cycle, you know, that you get. Yes. And it's, it's, did you find yourself, uh, Pastor Nita, being overly protective of your husband and your family and feeling as if like, I can't be friends with these people at church because I've also got to play the role of a first lady, you know? A lot of the times because getting too close to someone would backfire. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It would just backfire mm -hmm. on you. They would wound you so bad. And I was like, okay, I can't have friends, you know? But it was, 
the minute, so what do you do? What do you do during that those moments? I would call my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm being yeah. honest. I would call my mom, and I had a friend in um, uh, in North Carolina who was just super. I could call her, and I would just say, "Okay, I need you to pray for me because I can't do this anymore." And you know, just she would encourage and just uplift me and just help me. She'd talk some wisdom. Mom, my mom would give me a lot of good wisdom to get through some of that stuff. I think in this season, when it comes to the whole balancing of friendship and ministry, because that's always a challenge, I think. Um, and you have to have friendship besides just mm -hmm. the companionship that you have with your wife. Friendships are valuable. They, they add um, so much to your life. Uh, so what we have found in this season of our life is uh, part of our boundaries are there within within the ministry especially within since we're pastoring within the congregation uh we're 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 we make ourselves accessible to the people we don't you know do that kind of you can't you know, can't, talk to, can't right. talk to me. We're we're accessible to the people. There's procedures and processes of how to do that. We love on the people when we're here, um, when we're going to events and all of those kinds of things. But we don't pursue friendships, that level of friendships within our congregation. What we've learned that has been helpful, more helpful to us in this season is pursuing friendships with those who uh, are in the ministry who share a similar uh, calling. They may be mm. in the next town over or in, in the mm -hmm. same city that we're in. And we've been very intentional about building relationships with friendships with, with those kinds. And it's just because I, it just, it's made it a lot safer. <laughs> it, I understand. If that makes yeah. sense. If that makes sense. Yeah. But yet it also, it also meets that need that you have for friendship. And it also gives a good sounding board too, because we have friends with people in the ministry who are walking the same road we are walking. And so mm. it, there's that, that bouncing board to, Hey, let me bounce this off of you. What you think? But that we get to also at some point, Hey, let's not talk about ministry. Let's, let's enjoy, let's enjoy friendship here. So. Yeah, for sure. Honey, you want to jump in? Yeah, I was going to say, do you think that statement that people say, like, if we're going to be in ministry, uh, our whole we're all going to be in ministry, like our whole family. Do you think that that rings true, like dr bringing along your spouse and then also your children along for the ride? Um, I guess from your experience of feeling like you both are isolated, do you think? Yeah, that, I, that I, I do know in this season, like uh, our family, especially now that our, our kids are, are getting older. Um, so like family has become really like our times together and us getting together are a lot more valuable. Um, they, they mean a lot. We're a lot more protective of it. Uh, they're a lot more meaningful, uh, because again, that's where we, it's, it's, it's our family, you know, and, and we get each other and, and I get, we just, I was just having the conversation with someone this week. I mean, I understand now why uh, churches, they hire their family and they keep it. And I know some people mm -hmm. have, you know, feelings about it, but I get it because there's some, there's a value in, in a family connection and a protection and, and a covering and, and an understanding there that sometimes it gets complicated, you know, outside of that. But yeah. So talk to us about now your working dynamic because mm -hmm. um, Victoria and I are in this season yeah. uh, because our kids are both in school now. Mm -hmm. So uh, we are co-laboring every single day. We see each other trying to work uh, be, uh, be beyond personality differences or she wants it one way, I want it another way, or I want to take us in this direction with the ministry and she's hesitant or she wants to go and I'm hesitant. How do you deal with that new season that you, you talked about that you're in? How do you balance that? Well, I, I think for us, what has really helped has been uh, in this season, because Nita has, is now, I mean, like side by side with me and we're working, co-laboring in this thing together. Um, our, the roles are clearly defined. I think we clearly define those roles. Uh, Nita has her lane, the things that, 
we know she's good at, she ex excels at, um, and is growing in. I have my lane, the things that I'm good at. Um, do we butt heads? Absolutely. When the lanes cross each other, and they <laughs> yeah. do sometimes. Uh, one and we do butt heads when you want to do it one way yeah. and I want to do it one way. Yeah, absolutely. So we try to come to some kind of agreement well, and, most of the time. And and this is this is the funny thing. When I was younger uh, in the ministry, and I think everybody who's sometimes younger in the ministry is a little more brash and harsh and, you know, mm -hmm. just cutthroat cut cut kind of thing. And then you get older. I turned 50 this year and I'm a mush, you know, <laughs> I just like, I gracious and oh, give him another chance. And I believe in them. And, and she's really just a few years ago, really got full fledged in the ministry. So she's now, so I'm, so I started off this get cutthroat kind of thing. Now I'm a mush. She used to be the mush. Now she's the cutthroat. I'm like over here. Oh, baby. No, you do the pop, 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 pop. You know, so it's, it's like a role reversal. It's been the funniest thing in this season. I'm like, need to take it easy. You're so rough. I'm not that rough. <laughs> do, you, do you feel like your role in ministry parallels kind of parenting? Like oh, your I, congregation, you know? Yeah, in this season, yes. absolutely. Because I, you know, for us as you know, we're, we're stepping into our, our 50s and I told the church maybe, I think it was last year, I sent something changing in me and and it was it 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 was a very fathering anointing, uh, a very motherly anointing on us, and mm. we, we sensed that shift uh, mm. happen about a year ago in us. Uh, it's just it's a different role. It's a, you you see yourself because you're thinking a lot about legacy or about the future, and you pour you just we're pouring differently into people, mm -hmm. and it is a lot more of a parental role, a fathering, a mothering role. I think that's more important than any other role that we could play. Yeah. Especially with the couples that we see on a weekly basis come in, you can trace the pathology of their marital dysfunctions to the absence of a parent or a toxic childhood or the hurt and the pain. Um, did you guys have any of that that you brought into the marriage? Um, or, you know, did you have pretty stable households and how, how did you deal with any conflicts in the, that regard? Well, the house, my household, my parents were very stable. Um, of course, dad would be working and she'd, mom would say, you just wait till your father gets home. So he was the disciplinarian, but she also did that as well. But they were very, we never saw them fight. So I didn't know how to fight or mm. good or fight mm -hmm. right. Um, but the downside of that was they both kept a lot of things to themselves. So they would bury it and it would come out later. So I find I, that kind of personality is what I did. I didn't want to deal with stuff. I just didn't want to, I didn't want to yeah, talk about it. And they're things. very, very late. Uh, like her father passed away um, this year in April. in April and her mom uh, is in her 80s. She's 87. Um, and we know we've had conversations because they did bury a lot of things. And we said, we don't want to do that. You know, we don't want to get to the end of our life and have never That's had conversation. the conversations and just, I, th there has to be a better way than that. You know, I do know that one of the things that affected our marriage the most uh, when it came to, to Nita was she had a very low self-esteem, extremely low. Uh, she was um, always struggled with that. And so that was always a point of, of contention uh, in our marriage because I was always trying to push her, sometimes maybe pushing her too hard. Um, but you know, she just trying to get her to see the value of, of who she was. Uh, when you say push her, do you mean push her in ministry? Yeah, push her beyond what she would be comfortable with. Yeah, yes, yes. Like for example, uh, when we we first got married and we were evangelizing, she would say, "I'll sing, but don't you dare! I'm not talking." And so <laughs> I would like Nita's getting ready to Nita's getting ready to sing this song. Before she does, she's going to give a little testimony, and I'd get the glare. <laughs> 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 
because I was pushing her because I knew there was something in there. And but boy, I mean, it, it we had a lot of knockdown dragouts over yeah. me pushing her, you know, uh, and it ended up because she's a brilliant teacher now, a, a fabulous teacher. She has just people uh, are just as blessed by her teaching now in this season of her life as they are her music ministry. It's kind of taken a, a, a dual equal role in, in her life and ministry and influence. Um, but it was a lot of battle getting there and my imbalance sometimes was was just pushing maybe a little too hard or not using the right tactics uh in in that but we 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 made it through it <laughs> we you have anything to say to that victoria <laughs> she's giving me the evil eye like you better not take any of that advice from pastor chris though. i know pastor chris he's like oh come on honey you can do it you know anita's like on the sidelines i mean i, w- I would say i'm very similar because I think Ryan is very, you know, apostolic, very fatherly, and he wants to make sure that everybody's reaching their fullest potential. I'm more like, I guess I'm more reserved, and so I need time to um, step into a specific position. I can't just, like, jump into something. So I think one of the challenges that um, we see with a lot of couples that are in ministry Um, there's a lot of pressure. I think if one uh, of the spouses is really dominant in preaching or teaching or prophetic or whatever, that it automatically puts the other spouse in a place where they have to do the same thing. You know what I'm saying? So I feel like that there's that tension and we've met so many couples where it's like a, it's a struggle because the congregation puts that pressure on like, let's say the woman to be the first lady and she may not she may not be to. called to lead the women's the ministry. The women's ministry, yeah. And that's, so, that's got to be okay with the pastor. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and so, like, I'm not saying Pastor Nita is that way. I think she's absolutely gifted. I think incredible gift singing and teaching-wise. Um, but I think that there are some women that are just, they don't, they don't feel called to that. Like, they don't have that gifting, yeah. so they feel that pressure, and they get to a place where they feel crushed. They feel like that they have that expectation from the congregation. And then also their spouse may feel that pressure too. Like, well, if I'm in ministry, this person has to like match that same dynamic. To the degree where they don't want to show up to church on Sunday morning, just because the pressure feels insurmountable. Like Mm -hmm. I just know that I'm not called to, I'm like, I know the same thing for me. Like I know that the Lord is stretching me and using me in, you know, a certain way. But I know that, you know, my husband has specific giftings and I know what my giftings Mm -hmm. are and I know what role I'm supposed to play. And I'm confident in it, you know, and and I'm open to other things, but I also don't want uh, the pressure, I guess, from the ministry to kind of push me to that place because Ryan's gift is so I would never want her to step into a calling or an assignment, but because the people forced her there. Yeah. I want it to be something that's cultivated from the Holy spirit. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of pastors feel yeah. that with their wives. Yeah. Can you guys speak into that? Yeah. I, I, I think really, I think as, as a husband, as a pastor, and then as a couple, we should be the ones who determine what the roles are and mm-hmm. how people should, you know, uh, see the roles and what we bring to the table. Um, so, for example, with in in our, in, uh, our congregation, um, I, I will I will say these little comments or whatever. Because my I say, if you want someone to to pray for you and you need to see a tear, you know, have need to pray for you. Don't ask me. I'll pray for <laughs> you, but. It's going to be, it'll be a prayer and it's heartfelt, but if you need to feel a thing and because Nita will, Nita carries a strong pastoral heart. So she, mm-hmm. someone asked her to pray and she'll get praying. And I mean, tears will, I mean, she feels that. And I mean, you can, you can see that. So I highlight that. I say, Hey, you know, and Nita can pray the, you know, the heavens open, you know, just at the drop of a hat and open the atmosphere. I, I, I let people know that's a strength. That's, that's, that's a thing. And that, and so I kind of define that. So people know that that's kind of her role that she has that more, I'm more that apostolic. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you the solution. You know, she's the one (laughs) that's going to cry with you and hold your hand and, and pray a prayer 
that's that's going to get answered, you know. So um, I think we have to be the ones to define that uh, and not, it, I mean, I'm blessed. I needed, I knew when I was looking for a spouse, I needed to have someone who was very musical and could sing. So I, I was, that was part of my, you know, <laughs> On my non-negotiables. List. Yeah, non-negotiables for me. Mm-hmm. I needed that in my life. Now, was that because of my mindset of ministry, you know, or whatever? I don't know, but I know I had probably had to have that in my life, someone who could be involved with that. That was a major connect. And so uh, that music has actually brought us together because when when I met Nita, it was in the music rooms and I like, she's an amazing classical pianist. I'm not, I play by ear. So I'd knock on the door. Hey, can you help me with this, this sheet music? And really, I was, Oh, I, I didn't know that. Oh huh? yeah. Oh yeah. That was my, that was my, that was my, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my approach. <laughs> and then we'd start and what would happen, she'd start showing me how to cite or read the notes and, play it and then we'd start singing together before you know it I'm playing we're singing and we just made that connect that way but I need I knew I needed that um but it doesn't mean that every pastor has to have a singing right. wife or a teaching or wife. wife you know um s- some roles may not even be ministry the wife may simply be a wife for that man that pastor you know yeah. and, and and that's enough but the pastor has the husband i think has to be the one that that defines that to the congregation it just it really helps if not then the congregation will quickly quickly put expectations upon they do it naturally anyway so you have to really set those boundaries and those expectations um yeah you know clearly yeah, you got to you got to affirm that if you're a pastor yeah. uh, vocally to yeah. the congregation and and instead of saying this is my wife is not this, you use language my wife is this, yeah, yeah. and create that path yes, for her. Yeah. I think that's a problem that we have in church in general. Mm-hmm. A lot of pastors, and I understand why, they put people in positions that they aren't gifted for, they don't have the capacity for, just because they need it. Yeah, yeah. they yeah. need that role fulfilled. Instead of saying, you know what, maybe that role is not as important as I thought it was. It's 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 important to the church down the road, but what is what is the gift set in our house house? Yeah, and being able to assess those gifts and place them there, based on what their gift is and not what the 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 what they think the yeah. need is. And I say that because you know there's church comparison. You know we try to be just as good, or the the music's got to be as loud, or the lights have got to be just as good as the church down the road. And you got maybe you got a, a house full of entrepreneurs yep. or a house full of people who have a prophetic gifting, and your house is supposed to carry this prophetic sound. And you're meanwhile trying to put all of these people in these roles that that they're just not built for. And I think that starts yeah. if you're a, a man leading a church, that starts with your wife. Yeah, absolutely. Like trying to put her in a place that she doesn't have mm-hmm. capacity for. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, you, you're gonna go home to an angry wife yeah. every single yeah. Sunday. So when and I putting putting oh, people in their place. Yeah. So when I knew Nita, when I could see a teacher gift starting, um, I knew there was something in in that she had a word, that she had this ability. So here, it kind of started here at New Covenant. So I had her teach, um, preach one one Sunday. Um, then I said, hey, do a Wednesday night. And she did, she did a, 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 an amazing job. I said, hey, why don't you do a three-week series? She said, okay. And I helped her out, did a three-week series. I said, hey, why don't you preach through the book of James? Do a so I was just so I did it in little bite size and and watched her develop and grow as a teacher and communicator to where I mean I wasn't I wasn't teaching Wednesday nights at all and she took a crowd of fifty and before COVID had it up to close to hundred and forty coming out on Wednesday night to hear her teach. I mean, that was wow. just phenomenal, you know, and um, she just developed and I watched her grow in that gift, mm-hmm. um, you know, gave her, gave her a lot of confidence. And I'll, I'll share this since we're talking about ministry in particular and, and uh, marriage. One of the things that really helped 
the most. And I don't know. I, I don't know if this is going to help somebody or not. I know it helped Nita. When I came to New Covenant and they were going to give me my first raise, I, I refused my raise. I said, no, you're not going to give me a raise, but this is what you're going to do. From this day on, my wife and I are no longer a package deal. So mm -hmm. you're going to take whatever you were going to give me for a raise, and I would suggest that you add some to it, and we're going to, you're going to pay my wife separately because we're no longer a package deal. She brings things to the table that she needs to be rewarded for and feel so a sense of compensation for because the, over the years she she had that she would say things like well i got a degree too how come i don't get a check and i would always say but you do we get the check together yeah you know but it didn't Nita's like i want my own yeah, absolutely <laughs> it didn't mean the same it didn't mean the yeah. same and i'm telling you that was a huge confidence builder for Nita, a total shift in confidence happened in her. And it wasn't much, but she was getting something at that some years ago. And it began that process that we're no longer a package deal, that you bring something to the table that's going to be compensated, just like I bring something to the table and going to be compensated. And I was so serious about it that I said, you don't even need to use any of your money to pay any of our bills. That is your, now you can if you want to, but that is literally your money. And we've never had separate checking accounts, but I said, you're going to get your own checking account mm -hmm. and you deposit it in that checking account. Mm -hmm. You do what you want with that money. That is your money. Um, I made her buy her, her, her first car. You know, we had all, I, we had always bought cars together. She bought her own car, paid for her own car. That first time she did that, she that her, her comp because she did something that was, even though we're together, it, it like, wow, what I do has value to it. And I, that was a, that was really a game changer for, for, for Nita and a game changer for us as a couple. I remember the first ministry job that I took it was right after we got married, and we sat down in uh, one of the lead pastor's office, and he just kind of sat back in his chair talking to Victoria and I, and I knew that I was being hired, mm -hmm. but the language, the way he sat back and he said, now you know we're getting a two-for-one deal here. And I I just remember, because she had no like experience in ministry the way that I did. Yeah. She was kind of like, wait a minute. I, I, what are I you talking about? <laughs> we had to have some big conversations about yeah. how church politics yeah. are and all yeah. of that. Oh my that's goodness. Not a, it, it's really not a healthy thing. It really is mm -hmm. not sometimes that, that two for one deal. Uh, because I think that's what sometimes puts the, the, that spouse in, in a box that they're not meant to be in, you know, um, and also and it's, and it's, it's not it's really about money either. Yeah. No, it's, it's not really about the money. No, no, it's no, about no. somebody putting a value yeah, on absolutely. something that you bring. Yeah. So if, if, if somebody feels like, Oh, you're just tagging along. So you're going to be helping with whatever needs to be helped with. But of course you're not compensated. We're just going to give the check to the yeah, you know the big dog here, yeah. and um, but it just feels like okay, I bring nothing, but then somehow you want me to participate and yeah. want me to bring value. Yeah. That just doesn't seem like mutual, been mutually beneficial. Yeah, so that was a game <laughs> changer for us, you know. And I hope that helps somebody. Absolutely, I think that that's a great strategy. If you're in ministry and your your spouse is taking on a lot you know, compensate them for it. And like what Pastor Chris did, you know, instead of accepting that next raise, it's all going to come into your household one way or the other. Yeah, You're going to be blessed by it together. But it's just that little act of acknowledgement mm -hmm. that you are bringing something to the table and we want to bless you for it as well. Yeah. There, there's a big separate conversation we could have about pastoral compensation in general, <laughs> <laughs> but I'll leave it, I'll leave it alone for now. But as, as far as, uh, you guys are concerned. What's some tips you give for communication 
that's the the number one issue that couples have that we talk to, you know, they don't seem to understand one another or they're talking past one another or like we're currently writing our next book Mm -hmm. because of this on communication. And so we're fielding all of the wisdom that we can get. So I wanted to ask you that. What are some strategies you guys use to communicate? I think within for ministry and in this season of our lives, we, we have to have specific times where we don't talk about church stuff. Mm-hmm. And because that's, I think, in ministry what happens. Everything it, becomes Everything a is about yeah. ministry, ministry, ministry. And then when things are happening in the ministry and you got this happening or that, then it just, it becomes all consuming. Uh, and it's like every conversation is, it just ends up being about that. I can tell you that most of our fights that we've had in this season of our life have not even really been, I remember the last, one of the last ones we had, we, what it was. We, I don't, I don't even know what it was, but we ended <laughs> up literally laughing we like we literally looked at each other and we knew the only reason we were fighting was because we had allowed the stress and all the blah 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 to get it to, to wear on us and we were just we started laughing because we knew that we weren't even really mad at each other we just there you were the closest breathing thing for me to vent my frustration out on i just needed to you know and so i'm taking it out on you mm. you're taking it out on me and we're really not even mad at each other we're just mad at what's going on in the ministry, you know, and it just got too much. And so I think in the ministry, it's having those specific times can be as simple as we do in the morning. We get our cup of coffee. We sit on the rocking chair, rocking chairs in the back porch. And that's usually our time. And we're on Facebook, we're doing our thing, but we're doing our small talk. And, but we don't really we try not to talk a lot about the ministry in that time because uh, we have plenty of other times to to do that. So I think it's being it's determining how to do that and then being protective of that. It's hard because when all you do in your livelihood is ministry and this is what you do, mm-hmm. ministry is an all-consuming kind of work. It never goes away. Ministry never Mm -hmm. goes away. It just takes one text at one o'clock in the morning and everything you have to get up and you're, you're in that world again, you know? So it's being intentional to, to have conversations that have nothing to do with ministry, but have everything to do with connecting with your spouse uh, and filling each other's love tank with, with the communication necessary to do that. I think too. If, Go ahead. Can I say yes, that? Pastor Anita. Uh, Absolutely. When we first got married, and even probably mid of the 29 yeah, years, yeah. I'd be like, would you just let me talk? Because he would interrupt me. Yeah. And I'm like, I, you don't even know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So let me that. finish what I was saying. But Because um, I thought I already knew what he, he was going to say. He thought he's going to pre-think <laughs> what I'm going to say before I say it. Yeah. And I think we have to be, as spouses, ministry, couple, whatever, be loving enough to just listen because mm-hmm. we've lost That's the right. art of listening. Yeah. We've lost mm-hmm. the art of listening. Everything is go, 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 go. So you, that's why you think you know it on the fly. Yeah. But um, just sit, be still, and listen without any distractions, mm-hmm. without any phones, without any TV. Yeah, you can have some music on in the background or something, but um, just to listen, let the spouse finish. Let me finish what I want to say, yeah, yeah. and then <laughs> yeah. then tell me what you think about it. Or if you don't have an answer, just tell me you need to pray about it. Yeah. I had to learn to value her words and her wisdom as much as I valued her body. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that her words and wisdom were just as, you know, I had to get something I know like you that. did. <laughs> 
But I had, I had Trust to- me, we're going to have plenty of spicy conversations <laughs> at the Forevermore Getaway. Trust me, nothing's off the table when you got 60 couples just, you know, at a romantic place. We're going to be talking about it all. <laughs> but, that, but that, I said that because her, me listening to her words and wisdom it, it, for her is a level of intimacy. It, it, it showed a, a, mm. a, me valuing her. And so, you know, that. that okay, I, I caught the revelation of what you're saying, Pastor Chris. Okay. And I hope the other men did too, right? <laughs> you learning how to be a good listener is going to show up in dividends in the bedroom later. <laughs> because you're, you're, most people think intimacy is just the act of sex. It's not. But it's about knowledge and pursuing, constantly pursuing knowledge. One of the loosest uh, terms that we throw around is like familiarity. Oh, you've just become overly familiar. I actually don't think it's that at all. I think it's a false belief that you know everything that there is to know about this person and you're actually not as familiar as you think you are. Mm -hmm. And if you take the time to learn who they've become in this season, you might be surprised that they're, they're different from they were the, who they were 29 years ago. They might even have new interests, oh, new Nita, taste buds. Nita is totally, like, when she turned 50, like, I had to relearn Nita. Like, Nita got <laughs> sassy. I mean, sassy and mouthy, outspoken. I'm like, who are you? Like, Oh, that's your fault. You're the one who pulled her I out did, of there. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But, I mean, it was a... It was it like Nita at when she turned fifty. She was like, "I don't have to put up with this and put up with that and da 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 da." And you know, this is the way it's going to be. And I was not used to that that Nita, and so I had to kind of, I had to learn it. I had to figure that that whole new Nita out. out. I, yes, I did. <laughs> I, I I got it. I think I think arrogance is the uh, one of the roots of communication problems. Yes. Yeah. Because we assume, I already know what their response is going to be. So we're not listening to hear. We're listening to devise the best, most wittiest response so that we win in that argument. You know, whatever you're talking about. When you have to humble yourself and listen to what they're actually saying and realize that, especially we say this to couples, you know, if you've gone through a season shifting event. Yeah. You have to start back at the outer court of your relationship uh, uh, and recultivate intimacy on a spiritual level. Yep. You know, re-engage prayer and devotion. You have to engage your intellect, your soul and begin dreaming again, mm-hmm. discovering this person's likes and preferences. And it, it's not even just their taste buds or their favorite color or now they like a different kind of movie. But even sexually, your body goes through ebbs and flows and changes through time. So something that worked on year two is not going to work <laughs> on year 20. Yeah. There's yet more to learn. Yeah. And you have to drop your pride and humble yourself and also look at it as a gift that marriage doesn't have to be boring. No. In fact, it's not boring at all. No. You could have a mentality that puts you in that space and that's arrogance yeah. because you believe you know all there is to know. Yeah. You know, anything yeah. you want to add, honey, to that? No, I think, I mean, it, and I think I, I wish that people would realize the benefit of that, like what you were saying, that I wish that I listened to Nita because she did have that gift of discernment mm-hmm. that would have gotten me out of trouble so yeah. many times because I thought I can do this by myself. Yeah. But when you have your spouse, they have a different gifting that will help cover you in areas that you may not see. Mm-hmm. And so it's not only just, uh, let me just hear out my spouse so they can just be quiet or be satisfied. No, there's, it's a gift. It's a gift for you to make sure that the areas that you're exposed in, your spouse sees it and they cover you on that side. So it's a mutual benefit, mutually beneficial exchange. Yeah. You may have to humble yourself and learn in the process. But I think if you humble yourself, you recognize that it's to your benefit. Yeah. 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 Uh, I I know we don't have much time left, but I know that there are people probably on the fence um, about coming to the forevermore getaway. And I don't know why it is people will spend so much money on things that will grow old. You know, they'll spend money on food 
and you know it'll be gone in 24 hours <laughs> or they'll spend money on frivolous things but when it comes to like investing in their marriage like why do we need to do that you know can you speak to those couples on why it's important whether it's our event yeah. i don't care if it's our event yeah, or somebody yeah. else's why you need to invest in in your marriage yeah i i never understand it either it's it's one of my biggest frustrations as as a pastor in dealing with you know families and couples in particular um i see that same trend people willing to spend you know money on all kinds of things but yet the most valuable thing which is the marriage relationship and which gives you the ability to have a family and those we, we we don't take any time to to learn how to do it better especially in the day that we live in the day of of information we have so we have access to so much information today i take this phone and just type in one little thing and i can get tips on how to communicate better or whatever you know just um it's it's but yet we don't take advantage of it at all. Um, I, I'm not going to remember this correctly, uh, but I I saw a reel or something the other day, and maybe you see, saw it as well. It was a pastor, and he was going through this list that you should not get a divorce unless you've read so many books, you know, unless you've been to so many. And he had this this massive, massive list of investment um, in a marriage. And he said, if you have not done any of this, you have no reason or right to get a divorce because you've really done nothing to try to make your marriage work. And But divorce is the easy way out or ignoring and just pushing it under the carpet. Um, I would say if, if, if people are watching and they're on the fence, um, do it, do it, do it. invest in your marriage. It is the, the greatest investment that you can ever make because it's the foundation that everything else, you know, that God wants to do in and through your life as a couple, it, it's, it's going to come through the foundation of your marriage being where it needs to be. And it is work. Marriages that work are marriage are couples that work their marriage and they work hard at it. We've worked hard at it. Uh, we're, you know, we're in our, our just turned 50, but I'm sure when we turn 60, 70, it's a whole other, it, it, we have few more seasons in our, our marriage relationships in the years to come. And we're going to have to, you know, learn how to go through that. When we knew we were going to become empty nesters, we prepared ourselves to be empty nesters. We, what, what happens? Cause we saw that most divorces happened after the kids left the house. Why mm -hmm. is that? Well, because they felt like they were strangers. So we were, as our kids were getting closer to leaving the house, we were intentional about not being strangers. We reconnected so that when the, when the kids left the house, honey, whoa, it was, <laughs> I mean, you call before you come, you know, because <laughs> we had reconnected, you know, because um, we had I love an that. empty house. <laughs> call before you come. Yeah. Call before you come. Yeah, you got to remember that now. <laughs> uh, so. Yeah, I think it's important for couples to make the investment. And I could show statistics yeah. on the healthier your marriage is, yeah. the, the healthier your children are the 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 healthier your bank account is yeah. it all starts to ripple effect yeah. outwards and ultimately our nation is healthier you know marriage is the engine of society yeah. and if we can get marriage right yeah. everything else will fall into line i mean did you realize countries who promote traditional marriage the cost of healthcare is is cheaper wow and and it's it seems kind of baffling to consider. We can talk about the medical reasons yeah. why that is, oh, yeah. but the fact of the matter is, there's a blessing when we invest in marriages. Yeah. We're coming up on a presidential election. This is what we're looking for. Yeah. Who's talking about family yeah. mm -hmm. and reshoring up the foundation of our country upon God's design for marriage and yeah. family? And this is where it begins. And what you said was so important. We interviewed a neuroscientist one time, and she talked to us about 
the uh, psychological damage we do to ourselves with information overload, Mm -hmm. but that information never moves into comprehension and application. And so you are literally causing brain damage with the neurological firings of your brain by taking the information and not applying it and, and not meditating on it. That's why the Bible says meditate on the word. Galatians says, uh, don't be a uh, hearer of the word, be a doer of the word. And so, yes, you can go online and Google search and find a million articles, a hundred thousand books on marriage, but it's important that you unplug from your daily routine, get away Come to Greenville, South Carolina yeah, to a marriage absolutely. event like ours that we're we're going to be calling a, a digital detox mm-hmm. when you come. I know you got to stay connected with your kids if you've left them with sitters and stuff like that, but no social media when you get on site. You yeah. take your little picture, you post it on social media, and then we're, we're going to come off of it on Saturday night. We want you to get in your partner's face, and we want you to take the workbooks that we've devised and... Uh, Go through these questions and grow together. Ask the tough questions that you've been avoiding. And you've allowed social media, you've allowed raising your kids, you've allowed your career to be the excuse as to why you've let your marriage become mediocre. Mm. But you have to call an end to all of that stuff and call uh, um, call a fast, call a digital yep. detox yep. and say, we are doing this. We're not just going to get the information or have somebody preach us like on one of these lives mm-hmm. and not actually do something yep. about it. Go right now to forevermoregetaway.com yes. do it. and register. And I'm telling you, we've made it as affordable as possible because you're going to get a Friday night reception, a Saturday night formal dinner. And we did not skimp out. We're talking about gourmet and we got my favorite for saturday night we got two we got peach cobbler as a dessert and tiramisu and i got tiramisu because it's my favorite it's my birthday weekend we're gonna be celebrating all right and uh the hotel hartness is fantastic if you go on their website right now and you try to book a standard room you're going to be paying close to 500 dollars per night wow that's how nice this hotel is. And if you book your room with us coming to our event, you only have to pay $169. Oh. So you're going to get five-star treatment. and includes your breakfast, beautiful amenities, hiking trails. You're going to have a three- to four-hour gap on Saturday where you can stroll. You can go to the pool. You can get a massage. One lucky couple is going to win a massage compliments of the Coles. <laughs> so go and sign up at forevermoregetaway.com. You don't want to miss it. This couple, Pastor Chris and Nita, are going to be there. They're going to be ministering to you in worship. They're going to be sharing uh, marriage wisdom. It's going to be unlike any marriage event you've been to because it's not only going to be transformational uh, uh, messages and teaching and impartation, it's going to be romantic and it's going to be luxury. So it's going to be a, a, a time that you're going to remember as a turning point in your marriage. Yes. If you need help finding your way back to forever, this is the event for you. The Forevermore Getaway, forevermoregetaway.com. Go right now. Honey, I want to give you uh, time to give some final words. And Pastor Chris Anita, I want you just to pray for those couples that are online after she's done. Absolutely. Well, I'm just excited that you guys are going to be a part of this event. Yeah. I mean, you guys have to come out and listen to Pastor Anita sing and Pastor Chris. They are yes. just such a dynamic duo. I mean, the anointing is like so real in the room whenever they move. So we're excited to have them. You guys have to come. Um, but not only that, Pastor Chris's jokes are just like the top notch. So we're <laughs> so excited to hear that <laughs> you guys got a little snippet today, but we're so excited to have you guys. And thank you for joining us to, um, impart on, uh, upon these 50 or more couples. Uh, we're believing for more couples that are going to continue to sign up because we know, and we see that people need deliverance and they need transformation in their marriage so that they could be healthy and they can raise children of God and make disciples because that's what Jesus has called us to do. Amen. Amen. Can you guys pray for those couples? Come on, baby. Pray. Lord, we just thank you for the couples that have signed up and those that 
um, are going to sign up. God, we thank you for the covenant of marriage. And God, um, we just pray that through this weekend, as we all return back to the altar, because mm. our the covenant that we made together before you was made before an altar. Mm. And God, I just pray that you would help us to um, let our flesh die. We have to die to our flesh daily and let us just reunite, reconnect, refresh, yes, revitalize, and just breathe refreshing and life and um, longevity into these marriages. God, if anyone is coming with a need for healing in their marriage, we know that you can do that. We know you can breathe healing. We know that you can breathe restoration. And God, we know that you can breathe a peace over a marriage that is going through difficulty or a situation because of loss. And God, we just pray that you would just send those people, even supernaturally tonight, mm -hmm. I pray that there would be a draw to those that have not yet signed yeah. up that God, that they would just dive in, that they would be all into this and that they would come expecting you to move like never before. And God, I know that you are the miracle, you are a miracle giving God. And I thank you for the miraculous that we're yes, going to hear yes, and God. see that we're going to experience. We're going to see signs, wonders, and miracles through this weekend. And God, I thank you that even those that maybe don't know that they, if they have the provision to go, I pray that you would even put that in their yes, hands God. tonight yes. in the name yes. of Jesus. Jesus. And God, I thank you that your hand is on this weekend and we're, we have not seen anything yet. And we are expecting and anticipating you to do something mighty and marvelous in Jesus name. Amen. And God, I pray for Ryan and Victoria. I thank you, God, for the anointing upon their lives. Yes. I thank yes, you God. for their heart for marriage. Yes. I thank you for the constant deposits that you put within them and the resources and the tools that you have put within them their heart and their burden yes. to strengthen marriages. And Lord, I thank you for the success of this coming weekend um, of this marriage retreat. Uh, in just a few weeks, I thank you, God, for, for the success that it's going to be. And the success is not about uh, the numbers. It's about every person that is a part of this retreat is going to experience a, a significant, a significant marked moment in their marriage. Yes. That's what I ask for. Um, and I pray God that um, all of the hours and, and the uh, brainstorming and the conversations that have an energy that has been put into making this happen. I thank you even for their step of faith to see this happen. You're going to honor and you're going to reward them for that. And I know that the reward is 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 about these couples experiencing a marked moment in their marriage, and yes. we're we're believing for that, and you're going to do that. And so I pray that in Jesus' name, Amen. 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 If you're watching right now and you've stayed on, and you're saying I don't really have the resources to come, we have a business sponsor who I woke up and um, they gave, so we can help anybody who is willing to put a little bit of skin in the game. And the reason why I don't want to pay for it 100%, $279, I want you to put some level of investment yeah. based on what you're able. Even the widow put the widow's might, and it was a symbol of her faith and trust in God. And I want you to do the same. I want you to text that number, and we're going to take care of um, at least half if not more of your registration um, as much as we can whoever is the first to text 864 it's on the screen 864-428-7131 if you'll put a little bit of skin in the game we'll put a whole lot of skin in the game awesome. and you can trust that when you come to this event it's going to be transformational. And Pastor Chris and Nita, we thank you so much thank you. for joining us tonight. Had a great time. We love you guys. We love, love you too. And we will see everybody in a couple weeks in awesome. person. Amen. Can't wait. Yes, amen. All right. We're going to end off. God bless everybody. We'll see you next time. See you guys next time. All right. Mm -hmm.